you again. Okay, so I'm going to read this text that I've read three weeks in a row now, and I'm just this part of it. I've pared it down to just this part of it. It's going to be our starting point. Galatians 3. If you've not been with us, there's a whole lot of background that I've, that I've thrown at everybody that you won't get this morning. But you're going you're gonna to get the nugget of what I'm after. Oh, witless Galatians. This is uh, the David Bentley Hart translation of, of this passage. Who has bewitched you so as not to obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus, the anointed, that's Christ, has been so vividly portrayed among you as crucified. This alone I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by observing the law, the law of Moses, or from faith's obedience? Are you so witless, having begun in spirit? Are you being finished in flesh? Did you suffer so many things for nothing in vain, if indeed it is in vain? So is he imparting the spirit to you and performing deeds of power among you as a result of the law's observance or of faith's disobedience? Or, or faith's obedience. Thank you. All right. You see, I've highlighted the, the two passages. Did you receive the spirit? And of course, they did receive the spirit. And I tell you one more time, this is a matter of people who are on fire for God and they get, then they get disturbed that they've got to do some things they're not doing. And it takes all their joy out of them. When, when people are on fire, let them burn. And, 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 and don't be the killjoy that comes and says, but you didn't do this. But anyway, that's, and then so is he imparting, say imparting. Really obsessed with this idea, really obsessed. The spirit to you and performing deeds of power among you. In other words, the implicit thing is yes, the answer is yes. Now, the letter to the Galatians, it's kind of mysterious because we don't know exactly when it was written, although we have really good evidence that it was probably written um, maybe the earliest of Paul's letters. Somewhere right after the Council of Jerusalem, and uh, anywhere from like 48 to 51 um, year of our Lord. And, uh, and, and, and we don't know exactly who these folks are referring to. We don't know exactly. We have some ideas regionally. But we do know, we do know this. The Spirit has come among them with power. And I know this. You have experienced God. Revelations and dreams, breakthroughs. We're always talking about breakthroughs, but listen, you've had breakthroughs. You've had, you've had breakthroughs. And really all I'm talking about this morning is for everyone who's had a breakthrough in God, steward that. And no one can keep you from doing that. No one's no can keep you from saying yes. No one's restrictions can keep you from blossoming. No one is in your way. You've got to get that attitude. I'm talking because now I'm going to tell you the way I'm talking about stewarding this is right here. Because everything we're going to steward is right here.
And if you've had a breakthrough, then you had a breakthrough right here. And I know you want want to say here, but I need to talk to you about the way you think. Because as a person thinks, that's how they'll act. I need to talk to you about the thinking. And what we want to do is people whose natural course of thinking is in the spirit. Natural course of thinking is in the flow of what God is doing. And yes, I'm saying the flow. This business of him imparting the spirit, that experience of the Holy Spirit... I keep pressing against this and I'll continually press against this. Having received doesn't mean you can't keep receiving. It means you must keep receiving. This is why Jesus said, I'm going to put a river inside of you. How many of you know you can't contain a river? You build a reservoir, but it'll break out. A river inside of you of a flowing fountain of love, power, goodness, all right, so, so that. So you are flowing in the Spirit, and you have had a breakthrough. What do you mean I've had a breakthrough? Salvation was a breakthrough. Being filled with the Holy Spirit was a breakthrough. Breaking an addiction was a breakthrough. Overcoming uh, trauma was a breakthrough. Overcoming the, the people who've said no to you in your life is a breakthrough. A breakthrough is seeing somebody that you love get well. Somebody you love get free. Somebody you love get right with the Lord. You've had these breakthroughs. And, and I remember when I was like after these breakthroughs. So I'm just going to say to you that breakthrough has to be pursued. This is seeking the Lord. Anybody who's seeking the Lord is seeking a breakthrough in some area of, where, of what they're up to. Like more healing. More people being delivered. Being able to help people get financial victory. Being able to help people get relational life. Being used by God, and you're after a breakthrough. Here's what there's something happens. Something happens to a person who's had a breakthrough in the Holy Spirit. They enter into a realm of um, huh. it is mind and is experience. It's it's corporate. You literally can you literally can taste it. You know something's happened to you. For me, when I always tell you, let's, let's just feel the presence, it's because I've had a breakthrough in that, and I know how to steward the fact that I can experience the presence literally, physically, in my body, immediately. Because he's not distant, and he's not hiding, and he's not ashamed of us. Okay, so, so if you've had any kind of breakthrough, then listen, you have got it. You have got it. Then what? Steward it. It's like a little ember of fire. And I'm telling you, there'll come seasons when it doesn't, it doesn't roar or flow like it did before. Your only job now is to steward what you've got. Steward what you've got. Um, when we talk about, we, we like on a corporate breakthrough. I, I remember when... Um, You see, I've intentionally decided to make, make myself hungry, make myself thirsty, make myself seek again like a child. And I, and I realized something. I've, I've realized something. I realized when the school was in my heart, I probably had the idea and not the form. 
I don't know. I don't know all this yet. I don't have all this worked out yet. But but here's here's what I know 100%. Um, I said we said we were, we're going to do a school, and then it didn't come together. And then it's an awful thing to have to say, okay, that's not going to happen. And everybody who does anything like that, if you know the truth, you struggle with failure. Now, to tell you the truth, I didn't really have that much struggle with failure on that. But some. But again, I failed a lot, so I know how to steward that too. And, and uh, But what is happening is people who tapped into the idea of what the school represented... Impartation, training, fathering for, for their own life of fruitfulness, right? And so, you know, it's been interesting. I have way more people coming to me and saying, oh, here's what I want. And they're drawing, drawing, drawing. And... Listen, there's something to give. So is he imparting the spirit to you and performing deeds of power as a result of the law's observance or faith's obedience? What he's telling them is you're going to steward one or the other of these things going forward. Having experienced the spirit of God, are you now going to steward the law of God as Gentiles? Or having experienced the spirit of God, are you now going to steward the gifts and power of God? All right. So now how does this happen? That's where we... This where we move a little bit. Because don't you want to be that person that's performing the deeds of power? Don't you want what Christina was testifying about you to, to be yours? By the way, pray for your pastor and, and Mama Gail this week. We're uh, leaving after church, getting on a plane, going to North Carolina. And uh, we'll be ministering Monday through Thursday. We'll be back for you for the weekend. But uh, we're going to be ministering like in rehab centers and in, and in house church. Steve, you'll love it. I'm getting all these invitations to house churches to go minister. <laughs> and, and, uh, and listen, we want to steward what we've received for them. Okay? Now listen, receiving is for you, stewarding is for them. And the way it works in you is um, the love will come. So we, really, we brought a prophetic team up here. If they didn't have the love of God in them, they can't prophesy. Because it, it came for them. And James, I was thrilled because to my complete mystery, Colleen had no idea who you are. <laughs> That's kind of cool, right? But I knew. <laughs> so, so I knew what was going on. And... Let's go to Romans 11. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid. 
For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So what is, where did this come from, right? If you know Romans 11, what you know is that Paul is dealing with one of the thorniest, he's dealing with that thorniest theological problem of his day, the relationship of Jews and Gentiles. And he describes them as being branches in, this, in the same in the same tree. They're, they're one. And cut off branches and grafted in branches, and they're one. And he's dealing with this thing of this divide, this divide, this divide. But he's saying, no, no, God's made them one. And um, I think that's how, when you come to that passage in Romans, that, that mystifies everyone. And it says, uh, um, a lot of people translate, or it's been translated, and then all Israel shall be saved. The better translation is, in this way, all Israel should be saved. In this way, all Israel, the natural branches and the grafted in branches. By coming through Jesus, they become one. Now, why am I going here? Because, this, because we're fixing to deal with the mind problem. If you're going to steward the good things of God, you got to deal with the mind problem. And so what he's done here is he says, wow, how amazing is the mind of God? Who's known his mind? Who's been his counselor? And what he's also saying is, well, God has revealed himself and we've received some of that revelation and we're stewarding it now right through these problems. And he breaks into a doxology of worship. And most of us, because of the chapter divisions, stop right there. And then we treat the next chapter like it's a whole other subject. Nope. He breaks into this doxology of praise over the mind of God. And then he speaks to us about ourselves and our own thinking. So I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to do what? To do what? Present your bodies. This thing that I tell you to do every, every weekend when we stand for the offering. I say present your body. Now listen, it's like body, 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 body. Get rid of the idea that the body is evil. Get rid of the idea that because it's perishable, it's evil. God calls it good. And, it, and for you and I, it's the temple. It's the temple we're dwelling in. And so he says, here's what you do. He says, present yourself. You're the living sacrifice. You're the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Did you just hear that? He calls you a holy and acceptable sacrifice. Now, you got to do something. He says, you got you to be active. Present yourself. He says, this is your spiritual act of worship. So we say, well, okay, how do we do that? Now, present yourself. Let me describe something that's true. Any of you get frustrated? Any of you like feel anxiety? Two, but the rest of you too, also. Okay. I was feeling some this morning. There's nothing that makes me feel crazier than technology. I'm like, it makes me insane. I, what do you mean you want my password? You asked me that yesterday. Leave me alone. I don't know what it is. I just made it up. And so what happens to me in technology, and I'm, I'm, listen, I'm teaching in an online seminary, and the theology is easy, and the technology is making me a pagan. 
All right? And I'm telling you this because literally something happens inside of me, and I had to deal with it this week, uh, was, was they presented a, access to a new library online, and I like, couldn't get in there. And they told me I had to go in there and check and see if my books were in their library. And I'm going insane. And I'm feeling that anxiety. And I want to throw this thing across the room. It's good it costs so much. If it wasn't a Mac, I probably would throw it because they're cheaper. Those other guys are cheaper. But listen, I felt all that stuff. Now listen, it's the feeling of all that stuff. It's all that stuff that you feel that causes you to A, not present yourselves to the Lord and B, present yourselves to something else. Because what do we do? We want to get rid of that. We want to get rid of that anxiety. So what do we do? Put stuff in our bodies to make us insane because we're already feeling insane. Put stuff to comfort us. Put stuff to soothe us. We do that stuff. And so, what did I do? I took a remedial class for how to do this thing. So, literally, I signed on with one of the other teachers to do a tutorial, and it was like first grade level stuff. Right? And I'm like, so I humbled myself, I went back to the first grade, and I got all right. Now, I'm just telling you this because this is, there's a huge transaction that takes place in your lives all the time. This, is, this really happens to you all the time. Stress, anxiety, worry, pressure, deadlines, bills, alienations, fears. Man, this stuff is just constantly coming. And you come to church and your pastor's talking about some abstraction that you're like, just shut up so I can go home. No, I'm talking to you about the flow of life that can heal you. The restoration of your souls. The one who can come and can take care of that thing that is destroying you from the inside. He says, don't be conformed. Let me tell you something about being conformed. When you, can, when you conform something, you, it's from the outside. It's from the outside. Conformity is it's like you, you know water has no shape. You pour it in something and it, and it gets conformed to the shape. We, we, we get conformed by the pressures that we're, that we're feeling. But transformation, be transformed. How? Renew this, renew this, renew this, renew this, renew this. Renew your, renew your thinking problem. Here's what you want. What you want to do is you want to, you want to be in the way that you can live your life with the responses of the one who fell asleep in the boat. Of the one who when he was confronted with a, with a crowd saw the solution in a boy's lunch. And then if you're in this church, but that, but that which Jesus is not an answer. But you don't understand, that was Jesus. In this house, we call that conformed to this world. Any kind of thinking that exits you from the solution, we call that being conformed by the world. And Jesus is teaching that lesson of the bread 
uh, to the disciples. And then after he does two miracles with the bread, they have this thing and they have no bread. They immediately have another thinking problem. And this is us. This is how we are. And so he says, present yourselves. It's good to slow down. Quiet your spirit. Present yourself. And then be transformed by renewing your mind. Now listen to this. Listen to this. That by testing, you can discern what the will of God is. The good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so now get this. According to this verse of scripture, you can stop asking everybody else what the will of God is for you. A transformed mind is what discerns the will of God. A transformed mind is what discerns the will of God. A presented person, a transformed mind. And if you're in that frustration of, I don't get it, that's a good place to be. Stay there. And tell the Lord you don't get it. I'm, all good. I'm great with all these frustrations and, and pains and, because there's a reality about seeking the Lord that he might be found. But listen, he's in you, so he's not far away. I just love this passage as I look at it. Be transformed by, by renewing your mind. So now this is saying, that, oh, oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm always fascinated with the scripture because he's actually talking to believers who don't get it. This isn't, this isn't automatic. Although if you, want the best, uh, if you want the best help from a renewed mind, talk to a new Christian and especially somebody who came out of a real dark life into faith. They have a renewed mind that's just on steroids. They don't have the theology. They have the taste and see. They have it, they have it inside of them. And they're, I can't tell you how many times young Christians have wondered what was wrong with my thinking. Because I'd gotten myself conformed again to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does it happen? Well, part of it happens because you've received enough for it to happen and you can steward what you've received. Remember when I told you, you start off with, a, if you have embers, this is a, a story I've told before, but it's, so, it's, it's really ridiculous. I went camping with, uh, with Hugh Floyd and, and Roger March and some other guys a couple of years ago. And I don't go backpacking a lot. I hike a lot, but I don't go backpacking a lot. That means I'm in the woods during the day. And so it's night, it's dark, it's getting cold. We're at 11,500 feet. And I went to the bathroom. I just kind of went over the hill to the bathroom. Tommy, I got lost. I was lost in the woods, in the dark, no, no moon that night. And, and all I had was this. <laughs> L- 
Listen, can I tell you something? I was like really scared. And it was wet up there. It was really wet. But oh, it was one, there was one other thing I had. I had a box of matches in my pocket. Right? Oh, what I would given for an ember. I could not steward a match into a fire. It just would not happen. And I started planning how I was going to stay alive that night. I really had a plan. I'm like, I'm going to curl up until I get so cold I can't stand it. And then I'm going to get up and jump up and down until I warm up. And then I'm going to curl up and they'll find me tomorrow. Because <laughs> I didn't know how to steward anything. But anything where you've had a breakthrough with Jesus is your point of contact. Go back there. Stir up the gift of God again in you. Fan it into flame. Give it away. It's like, all, this is all I have. This is all I have. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I'll give to you. This is all I have. Just this little, just this little flame. That's what God is after. That's what he's after for us. That's what he's after for us. Um. If you're new to this church, our church is in a stream of the Christian faith that is a renewal stream. A renewal means, it means being made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit and receiving things that had gone to sleep in the church and bringing them back to life. Listen, all that happened, a lot of people say that spiritual gifts ceased. No, they were just poorly stewarded. By the whole body of Christ. They never did cease. And the embers remained inside the body. And time after time, somebody built, somebody like builds a fire. And the thing explodes into flame again. Now listen, I don't want you to live for that explosion. I want you to just steward what you got. I don't want you to chase after the explosion. I want you to give away what you've received. Timothy, when he was ministering, when Paul was, when, when Paul was gone, and when and when it's his now it's his ministry in Asia Minor. Listen, Timothy, all you gotta do is strip the gift that was in you by the laying on of hands. So let me press it a little more. This is, um, I didn't didn't go here, did I? Hallelujah. Ephesians 4. Now this is saying, testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. This is what he's saying to Gentiles. In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that's in them due to their hardness of heart. Now listen to me. If there wasn't any need to say this to the people he was saying this to, he wouldn't be saying this. In other words, they had the potential to walk in the futility of their minds still. They'd become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not what you learned from Christ. 
Everywhere Paul went, he, he would release what he had received in the name of Jesus. They would believe on him. They would receive the spirit and then the war would ensue to what's going to happen. What's going to happen? But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self. There's some effort involved. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupted through deceitful desires. And be renewed, the renewal. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And what he is saying to you is every one of you, everyone who has tasted the good things of God is fully equipped to step into these things. Whether you have the help that you think you need or not, you have the help that you think you, that you don't know that you need. It's in you. Renew yourself. Renew. Be renewed. Be renewed. So listen. The way that revival is stewarded in the world is through a renewed mind by those who have received. Those, that's the people who can strengthen themselves in the Lord. Pressing on. Last, I think it's the last passage. 1 Corinthians 2. And I, I probably, uh, this is a, a lengthier passage and I probably am going to want to Preach a whole sermon on the lengthier part of this passage. The natural person, say natural person, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Romans was talking about discernment. He's talking about discernment. Um, I love this, that Paul's, that Paul's talking to the Corinthians on this because the, the Corinthians were like the most problematic church. But he says, if you get around a natural person, they don't receive the things of the spirit. So why should you think that the world is gonna agree with you on all the things you think? Why should I think that when I propose a solution, the whole world's gonna go, oh yeah, that's it. Remember, if you don't know this, we're living in the time of deconstruction. People are deconstructing concepts, concepts that we never believed would be deconstructed. And you speak the truth and it sounds like folly to them. They're folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Like, for instance, just the basics of the gospel. A crucified Jew in, in uh, Jerusalem in uh, first century, by whom the calendar is dated, by the way, um, is your Savior and is the Lord of the whole earth. Well, that's not something that sounds logical to anybody. And he gave up his life. And not only did he give up his life, he gives his life to you. And you can receive it by the Spirit. I didn't sound logical. And when you receive it, you become a renewed person. Renewed, renewed, renewed. The spiritual person judges all things. He himself is not judged by anyone. For who has understood the mind of the Lord to instruct him? And then he says these words. 
But we have the mind of Christ. What? Whoa! That means we can look at a boy's lunch and see a multitude fed in a lunch. It means that we can look at a woman whose life has been a highway trafficked by men and say to her, but you're the river of God. Yeah. It means that the storms rage and he's at rest. This is our Jesus. He's amazing. I remember um, a lady named Rebecca Pippert writing on evangelism. And she's decided to do a Bible study with all unbelievers. And she would just sit and read the gospels to them and let them interpret the gospels. What does this mean? She would say. And her unbelieving friends would say, Becky, he's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. That's the mind you have. You have the mind of Christ. That means means the world should get around us and go, what is this wonderful? Now, don't get guilty. Just get renewed. Your seed, ready to grow. You're a fountain, ready to flow. You're a flower, ready to bloom. You're the Father's house of many rooms. The kingdom of God is in you. Hallelujah. Stand together. Lord, all I have is this little flame. And the Lord says, you have a world inside you. You have a realm of glory inside you. And as you steward what you've been given... You invite people to come into your world and it's a realm of light and life and hope. It's a realm of power. It's a realm of healing. And God's called us to steward it. Right? Us. Hallelujah. Okay. So church, as you go out next week, and serve the Lord. You're getting ready for gathering together on Saturday and going to bless our city. You'll pray for people. Your words will matter, but they'll but the thing that matters will be that the presence of God is on you and in you and flowing through you. And that as they receive from you, they are receiving him. This week, you are the boy's lunch for the city.
and the hungry need to be fed and the thirsty need to drink and the broken need to be healed. Now come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit.